Welcome to episode one of NRL Corona Positives. This is a podcast that puts a positive lens on the NRL as the game is threatened by the coronavirus pandemic. Why are we here? We want to lift the NRL fans the way the game did when it was on. I'm Tony Salerno, and each week I'll be having a corona, the beer, not the virus, with Mitch Ferugia to find positives around our game. How are you, Mitch? Yeah, great. Thanks, Tony. Really excited to get this podcast up and running. Hopefully, we can deliver some positive NRL chat in what is a really difficult period, highlighting big moments on the field in the game's history, the latest news, as well as the fans' perspective and insights on our great game. Yeah, sounds good, Mitch. Cheers. Cheers. Can't wait to get started. Off the bat, we want to flag we are not a hard news podcast. There are podcasts out there that do this much better than us. Frankly, people are starting to turn off the news, so we want to give sports fans a haven where we can have light-hearted banter and find simply the best moments from the best game in a very dire predicament. We want to get you listening and involved as well. Tell us what your positives are and what you have found in the NRL coronavirus saga by reaching out to us on our social channels, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at NRL Corona Positives. Or you can just simply send us an email, nrlcoronapositives at gmail.com, and we'll try and get as much of the fans' perspective and your thoughts into the podcast as we can. Yeah, of course, we'll read some of the responses on next week's podcast as well, so make sure you get them in. That's at nrlcoronapositives, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. We want your feedback. It's funny. I got the idea for this podcast when I was watching a Ricky Gervais movie the other night. It's called The Special Correspondence. Have you seen it, Mitch? Uh, no, I don't think I've seen that one, actually. Basically, it's two guys working at a local radio station, and they're sent to war-torn Ecuador on assignment. Basically, one of them stupidly throws their passports away, <laughs> and then they have to improvise. So they set up a war zone at a Spanish restaurant literally across the street. <laughs> They don't want to let their editor down, so they keep making up these stories where they're kidnapped and ultimately go to Ecuador to be rescued by the American <laughs> embassy. The American public falls in love with them, even though they've just made a bunch of crap. So I guess what I learned from that is that we can create a mood without the intel and without the bodies on the ground either. Mitch, just try and raise the fans and find the positives on the NRL coronavirus positive saga. But back to the footy. On Monday, March 23rd, the NRL decided to suspend its season indefinitely. And after the advice from a hired pandemic and biosecurity expert, they deemed it was no longer safe for the players to continue. Take a listen. Due to the rapid rate of infection, that we can no longer guarantee the safety of our players to continue to play. Accordingly, we are suspending the season. Mitch, where were you when you heard the news and what did you think? Yeah, I was in my car um, just in the afternoon and I was pretty shocked really. Uh, I mean, with all the talk that had been going on throughout rounds one and two, I did think that the game was going to try and push on. Uh, I think in the end, it just became a bit too hard for the NRL to keep going though due to state border closures and a few other things. And uh, the main real concern, as uh, Peter Valendis mentioned, was player safety and I think it uh, just, just became that little bit of a step too far. Yeah, it definitely was. It is a crisis, but we are not crisis merchants. Let's have a look at some of the positives we can take out of this. I'll start. Oh, my big positive from this week, I think Australian Rugby League Commission Chairman Peter Volandi's leadership has been exceptional in this tough time. I've loved how Peter has fronted up and been as transparent as he can on the game's options and the want to continue the game with any means necessary. Was the way he asked the government for some stimulus at the early press conference the way to go? Probably not. 
but I can be proud that the man in charge of the game, which we love, tried his hardest to save the NRL from what was significant financial damage. And we're seeing what some of those effects are going to be. He had a dry run at this with the CEO of Racing New South Wales with the equine flu, the horse flu, that damaged the horse racing industry. This issue, though, is a societal issue. So it's a lot bigger than the one that he did. But just the way that he's going about his business has been really impressive. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, I think if we go back to the start of this year, if I had said to you, oh, Tony, we're going to have two rounds and then the NRL would be cancelled, you'd say, mate, what are you talking about? Definitely not something that we could have predicted as NRL fans. Uh, and I think, yeah, obviously, it's not like there's a manual and a script to go off for uh, the NRL. So it's definitely something that just has to be taken step by step. And I think, uh, as you mentioned, that they really are doing the best that they can do to try and prevent as much damage. Yeah, that's right. And I think in all of this, uh, his relationship with Todd Greenburn specifically, uh, we did hear before this crisis that there was a little bit of tension between the two and maybe Todd Greenberg uh, maybe moved on. But they've obviously been, they've had to really bandy together and really front up as the game's leaders. And they've really done that as well. So hopefully this mends their relationship and they can move forward and continue as two of the best administrators in the game right now. It's easy to sit back and remain tight-lipped like other organizations have had and provide information as late as possible when the government has ultimately made the decision for you. But the NRL has always been clear. We can pull the lever of suspending the competition, but we've definitely got um, opportunities elsewhere that we're looking to explore, which makes me as a rugby league fan very excited about what the future holds. Yeah, it's really positive talk uh, from the NRL at this stage. I mean, they're trying to get the game back and make sure that it is also safe. They really are looking and taking all things into consideration. I think from the fans' perspective as well, it is really positive because a lot of the time in situations like this, things are kept under the table or behind closed doors and the fans are sort of wondering what's going to happen, why is this decision being made, why don't they just play? But they have really come out, Peter Valandis has just made a statement and they have gone off the back of advice from professionals and really just made the right decision at this time but not committed to that decision. They've obviously set their timelines and then they'll review and hopefully, uh, for the sake of every NFL fan out there, we get the game going as soon as possible. Yeah, that's right. That's what we want. Mitch, what was your big positive from this week? Yeah, so I think obviously very difficult time in the game at the moment, but my big positive was the reaction from some of the NRL clubs uh, throughout the week and throughout the previous week as well, uh, starting off with the New Zealand Warriors and their families. Uh, it's absolutely crazy what's happened, but for them to make a commitment to the NRL before round two and say, yeah, we're going to stay in Australia, we're really committed to this season, we want to try and do everything we can to help the game progress and let the rounds uh, be played out it's just absolutely fantastic I mean these players came over in round one for their for their first match with a, just a backpack pretty much with their playing gear all set ready to fly back for an, a home game in round two then everything changed they were moved up to Kingscliff Tony uh, you can just imagine what was going through their heads and for them to make such a big decision to benefit the game and obviously it's it would have put them out of seeing their families for possibly months it would have. I mean, it was a hiding to nothing, really, Mitch. Let's be honest. I mean, they faced the threat of if they stay in Australia, they have to go through 14 days of isolation. The original threat was 14 days isolation once you go back to New Zealand anyway. So they were locked off from their families at that stage as well. A lot of these players, of course, do have young families, young kids. Of course, we know Peter Hiku and Patrick Herbert did go back 
to see their uh, kids. They didn't play on the weekend against Canberra, uh, which is understandable because Peter Hick is about to give birth and also uh, Patrick Herbert has a very young child. So I'm sure a lot of them are in that position as well, Mitch. But staying away from your family for such a long time, I know we both love our families and uh, a lot of people listening probably do as well, but it's more a case of they're just so dependent upon these players. Of course, their finances which if they don't play are going to be reduced, which is what we're going to speak about a little bit uh, later on. But also just that dependency, seeing your father, helping him grow you up in these formatted years, helping you crawl, helping you eat, all those sorts of things. With the NRL players moving to Kingscliff or the season going over to Queensland, the Warriors, amongst other teams, if they did not shut down, the other teams, it would have been a case of those parents being almost single parents because the fathers wouldn't have to be involved in their lives. So it would have been such a big change. And for them to have a team vote, Mitchell was very close. They had a team vote as to whether they stay in Australia or they go uh, back home to New Zealand. They chose to stay. A few tears shed, which is uh, very understandable, but they did decide to stay for the uh, greater perspective of the game because it is quite a difficult situation. Yeah, it's a it's a very strong strong decision, and obviously a lot was weighing on it, and just very positive that they're willing to sacrifice that to keep the game potentially going. Obviously, now we know it has been stood down, but it's still very appreciative. I think all NRL fans out there are very appreciative, and I actually did hear a lot of people were signing up and buying Warriors memberships and making them their official second team, trying to give the club a bit of a boost. That's what it's all about, just getting behind them because it is such a huge decision what they did make. Yeah, the fans have been great in this whole process. I mean, we can speak about the fans, sure, but let's talk about social media more generally. Mitch, when people talk social media, they think, oh, no, you know, there's some trolls out there. There's people who don't have nice opinions to share. They hide behind their keyboard. Sometimes they provide them, but please do uh, provide comments <laughs> to this podcast and others as well. But it's just great to see in this time. It is difficult times. There's no way to sugarcoat it. We're not sugarcoating it. We're just trying to be a lot more positive about the situation. So that's where the difference is. The trolls or the social media people who do bag out the teams, we haven't heard too much of them. Sure, they're around in their little dark rooms, but in times of crisis, we need people to bandy together and stand together, and that's exactly what the Rugby League fans have done. Of course, comparisons to other sports, the English Premier League and those sorts of competitions, the rivalry is quite toxic between some of the clubs. Of course, Liverpool on the brink of winning the English Premier League for the first time in 30 years, or the first time in the Premier League era. And, of course, a lot of fans are making a joke that this was the only thing that was going to stop Liverpool from winning the league. They're not destined to win the league. Of course, the NRL's been a bit more reserved than that. They know, even though we are quite tribal in the way that we support our teams, when someone's in trouble, it's the Australian way, Mitch, in a way. When someone's in trouble... We help them out. We stand together. It's the Australian culture. It's the Aussie spirit. So that's really been shown on social media where we usually don't see it. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, throughout the week, it's been a tough week, obviously, but the clubs are really bending together. The West Tigers put out a tweet uh, just after the announcement was made, thinking about the family tonight, tagging all the NRLs, and we saw a great response in the comments from the NRL clubs, from fans of all different clubs, banding together, saying their support. It's a really difficult time. The clubs do need to rally together and it is really important because we know that the game has a lot of financial strains and there's going to be financial strains on the clubs and we've seen throughout the week a couple of the NRL coaches playing staff have been stood down obviously without pay just because some of those clubs might be feeling the pinch a little bit more than others. We know some do have their own investments and things which prop them up a little bit more than others but there are a few out there that are struggling and it is unfortunate but we may see 
uh, some of these clubs potentially be in a really weak state when the competition does come back into it. But looking at the positive side of things, it is really great to see the clubs getting together like this, Tony. Yeah, because Mitch, uh, today, of course, we know that the uh, the NRL is meeting with the Rugby League Players Association, or they've already met, and talks are going well. Because Mitch, we can't sugarcoat it once more. There will be cuts to players, and players will have to take pay cuts. So what they're thinking about is maybe bringing in a tiered system. So the higher-end players take a bigger portion of a pay cut, whereas the mid-tier to lower-tier players uh, lose a little bit less. Still, there's going to be quite a lot because, Mitch, you were talking about their investments, mortgages as well, Mitch. They never um, let up. So if you're you're making half of your wage or a quarter of your wage or a third of your wage, it could be quite difficult to pay those back. So they don't play on the mind of the players. But it's good to see that the players, we've heard a few murmurs that they aren't as happy as they can be. But, of course, for the greater of the game, you only got to look outside, Mitch. You've got to... Walk outside your local community, find your local Centrelink, and see how many people are lining up outside there. Thousands. What's your local Centrelink, Mitch? No idea. No idea. <laughs> well, it's good to hear that you haven't gone. But the point is, the lines are stretching massively, and they continue to grow with all these services being cut. And the NRL, of course, it is being cut. We've seen the um, support staff, the coaching staffers. A lot of those people have had to take leave straight away or been suspended without pay. So... Uh, difficult times. Yeah, it is so important to remember also that they are people to the NRL players and everyone involved in the NRL. Uh, potentially, as we mentioned, some of them are on big salaries. But I think, yeah, the NRL Players Association and the players are going to understand and they want to protect all the players. They're not just going to have their own self at at interest. I think uh, players aren't going to big note themselves. And the NRL community has won. All the clubs are going to get behind each other. And this is just one of the ways that they have throughout the week, Tony. Yeah, very proud of both the players, of course, on social media, also the New Zealand Warriors, especially, of course, their predicament, their international predicament, and also Peter Volandi's leadership. So those are the big positives. Mitch, we have mentioned off the top that the game's never going to be the same again, which isn't a positive. But we're looking at the other side of the coin in the game has been positive for 100 years. And after this event, it's going to be positive for 100 more. So we're going to have a look. We're going to pick out little chunks from over the years of the simply the best game, the National Rugby League, and some of the great moments it's had over the years. Let's start with you, Mitch. Uh, Your big positive from NRL history so far. Yeah, well, I think just just thinking back and the first thing that really made me fall in love with the game of rugby league would have to be back in 2005, just five years old. I'm a Tigers fan. Uh, So 2005, obviously a great year, as you would know, Tony. Uh, But yeah, certainly that is a real sticking point that year. My family all go for the Tigers and I just remember sitting in my lounge room watching the grand final with my cousins coming over and the excitement and Players like Benji, obviously Benji's still going around, which is incredible, and it's great to see him out on the field every week. But seeing Benji when he was really young and Robbie Farrar and all these players, Hyington, all these West Tigers players that I sort of grew up with, I mean, they were at the club for so long. A lot of them, obviously players leave and everything, but that 2005 grand final uh, really rings home with me and just hooked me, I think. Uh, I'd say that's my first real proper memory of uh, of the game uh, and of the West Tigers, the team that I support. All right, Mitch, I know I've been propping you up and I know I've been propping the fans up as well, but West Tigers, after 2005, haven't done too much after that. 
have uh, done a little bit more than uh, I think the club they used to support, Tony. Uh, so I my, mean, 2005 is a bit of a wait, I do understand, but uh, I wonder how long you've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a Parramatta Reels fan. And, <laughs> yeah. So enough said. Mitch, we're being positive. Come on. Don't be like that, too. Don't okay, be slack okay. to me. Come on. We're trying to be as positive as we can in times like these. Uh, one of my first memories was uh, Parramatta versus Brisbane, 1998 preliminary final. Uh, Brisbane went on to win the game, but I remember in that game specifically, it was one of the first games of rugby league I watched, and I had to pick a team. So Stuart Kelly, old Parramatta player, was tackled into touch. He eventually went on to play for the Broncos, but today he was playing for the Parramatta Eels, got thrown into touch, his long wavy hair over the sideline. I just really enjoyed their colours, and also it was a sliding doors moment in a way, Mitch. I mean, I, went, I picked the Parramatta Eels ultimately. They ultimately lost that game, and then Brisbane went on to win the 98 comp, 2000 comp, and then 2006 comp. So compared to what Parramatta's won in that time, could have been a lot different if I was a Bronco supporter. But at the moment, you guys are first, so think of the positives. And that's the <laughs> ultimate positive from all this, Mitch. I mean, Parramatta, first on the competition. If we play no more football, there's only one reasonable position that the trophy can go to, the Parramatta Reel. So, Mitch, I've brought my trophy polish. I'm ready to go. What do you think? Nah, I don't think so. I think it's a bit early yet. I think we'll still have some games uh, and and ways to get around it, hopefully knocking Parramatta off the top. (laughs) That's right. We're only mucking around, of course. We'll see what the NRL, when it does come back, we'll be with you until the NRL does come back. Of course, there are different options of when the competition could restart. Could restart in July, could start in August, could start in September. We'll let you know. But until then, we're going to be trying to lift the fans until that point in time so that... Everyone can enjoy rugby league in this difficult time as it deals with the NRL coronavirus pandemic. That's us for our first podcast episode, Tony. Really looking forward to next week. Yeah, very good episode, Mitch, first up. Uh, Really fun, very positive, and we're just trying to make the best light we can of the NRL season as it's in turmoil. Make sure you follow us on our social channels, which are at NRL Corona Positives on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, send us an email if you like, NRL Corona Positives at gmail.com let us know your thoughts of the podcast down below and don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you are listening from thank you very much tony salerno i'm mitchell frugia keep looking for the positives we'll see you next week